Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. want to get into a variety of things today. First, I, I do think I, I want to monetize this eventually. Uh, so I'm just going to start doing random ad reads, and then maybe someone from that company will be like, hey, that's a good idea. We should start advertising. So I know I'm on the ground floor, but we should start that. Um, so this podcast is sponsored by Dude Wipes. If you're a dude and you have to somehow, and for some medical reason, wipe your ass in the middle of the day during work or school, use Dude Wipes. Uh, go to DudeWipes.com and you can do promo code SandovalBenched. You won't get any money off or any discount because it's not a real promo code, but yeah, let's see if Dude Wipes reaches out and, and starts paying some people, huh? So this episode reads like this, um, what I get to Olympics, uh, update on Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, conference realignment, uh, Bradley Beal, NBA draft is on Thursday, and then I wanted to talk about the White Lotus, uh, the new miniseries on HBO um, that my girlfriend and I are really into. Um, so far, I, you know, I can start with the Olympics, uh, we had day one on Friday, uh, there's been some, some great moments, I, I really like watching swimming. I watch I watch some tennis. Um, I like the obscure stuff. Handball is crazy. I didn't realize how intense handball was. Um, I like watching the cycling. Uh, what else? You know, track is always good. Uh, basketball has been. I usually don't watch basketball because Team USA just wins right away, get get gold medals, and uh, it's just a lot easier for them. But they just lost uh, their opening game to France, and they lost two of the exhibition games, and we all said not to worry about it. But now I, th- I think I'm kind of worried. Uh, Kevin Durant only had 10 points. I think Damian Lillard had 10 points, and I guess, yeah, Jason Tatum also had 10 points, if I remember correctly. Um, Evan Fournier uh, for France, he had like 28 points. These international players are just completely different players when they play uh, for their country, and then also, there's a lot that uh, goes into this with Team USA losing. They don't seem to have a real leader. Um, there's grumblings about them not liking Popovich's coaching style and his San Antonio offense. They want to play a little bit more ISO, um, and Pop wants to move the ball. You know, get pe- everyone involved. Uh, Kevin Durant had I only watched like parts of the the replay for this game because they play so late um but he had like four fouls i want to say in like the first half um they don't get a lot of shot attempts uh they don't have a real floor general to get everyone involved they have a lot of iso guys i thought dame can kind of be that guy but he hasn't it hasn't been him yet um and if we're still saying that kevin durant's the best player in the world I mean, right now, on the last episode, I said it was Giannis because of what, what he did in the finals and stuff. But uh, if you take everything away, pure talent and stuff, um, I still think Kevin Durant, like, it's hard to find anyone uh, better than Kevin Durant right now. Um, I guess besides Giannis, if you want to go there. But it's crazy that he only had 10 points and he's not shooting very much. And um, I don't, they, I guess they don't have a, 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 a real playmaker on that team like they need. Um, you know, it would be nice to have Steph be on the team. Obviously, LeBron, they'd be a different team with LeBron. Um, but I'm trying to think like who else who else would have been good? You know, Trey Young, 
he's probably a better passer than Steph Curry. Uh, not a better shooter, shooter, but he's a good scorer. Um, so I, I thought it was kind of crazy that they passed up uh, Trey Young. Uh, younger guys like Zion should be on the team. And I know people are probably going to think I'm crazy for saying it, but I think LaMelo Ball would have been good on this. He's already played on the international level, and he's a great passer. And we've seen in his first year in Charlotte, he's a willing passer. He'll come off the bench, he'll play his role, and he'll play his role well. Um, you know, he's he's kind of active uh, defensively. He could get better, but he has some length. He can do some stuff. Um, I just like watching him play, too. He's fun. Uh, to watch play, and um, that's what they need. They need someone who's going to set other guys up, and uh, the NBA doesn't have a lot of guys like that anymore. It's a lot of uh, ISO-heavy type players um, fitting into a system. They need a lot of guys who don't need the ball in their hands that often. Um, so Chris Paul would have been good, too, to kind of set guys up, but um, you know, just coming off that finals run would have been tough uh, for him to bounce back from. But um, yeah, they're just missing a lot of pieces there. I think there was a chemistry issue as well, and then the issue was switching to pop, and then no one, like everyone just kind of staying around, taking turns, not really uh, being the aggressor. Um, and I think, honestly, they're taking everything lightly. They think, it seems like they still think that they can just roll out the basketball and just play a quick game of pickup and just destroy the competition internationally. Uh, these guys these international players, they don't want to just play the U.S., lose by 50 points, swap jerseys, take pictures, tag them on his Instagram and say, oh my God, I met I met Kevin Durant. They don't give a fuck about that anymore. The international guys are not scared anymore. This is their Super Bowl, their big finals game. This is it, playing against Team USA and beating them and embarrassing them because they know it's all we're going to talk about uh, in the United States. And also the level of competition on the international level has gotten a lot better. As we've seen, as I mentioned many times before, look at the guys in the NBA who are the best in the league right now. Jokic, um, you got Embiid, not even from the United States. Uh, Luka, you got all kinds of guys who are who are from um, who are not from the United States. And a lot of these international teams have a few NBA players. You know, this French team had uh, Nick Batum, Fournier. Uh, who else they have? What's his name? Rudy Gobert, and then even Canada, which is crazy that Canada didn't even qualify for the Olympics because they had a bunch of NBA guys. They had, you have R.J. Barrett, uh, Jamal Murray, he ended up getting injured, uh, but and then also Andrew Wiggins and, and you know, just a bunch of guys that um, have played or still played the NBA. Um, you know, and I guess Nigeria, too, you know, who beat uh, the U.S. in the exhibition game. And then Australia, you know, they got a, they have a deep roster there. Uh, Spain has always been good. Argentina. And then Luka's lighting it up with Slovenia. He had, I think, 48 points uh, last night. So, yeah, that I mean, that's just credit to the NBA for growing the game. But also the rules are different. You know, early, you know, you have Team USA, they're – in the Olympics and they're, they're trying to get calls like, Oh, looking at the ref, like, Oh, I should be getting that call. You know, well, this isn't the NBA. You're not going to, you're not going to get that call on the international level. You know, it's, they let, they allow for more physicality. You know, they, they let you um, kind of play on. You can't go hunting for fouls because they're not going to give it to you. So I think this, this also has to do with the changes to the rules in the NBA. You know, they used to say that uh, European players were soft that's long gone, man. International players, European guys, they're not soft anymore. I think now 
the NBA is kind of soft because it's just the way that they change rules to uh, to complement the offense and to make sure that people are scoring more than they used to. There's no hand checking. You can only do certain things defensively. And now we're seeing it on the Olympic level. Like they're like they're all all of the Team USA players are better than the other players individually, and they should be able to figure it out and win. But now it seems like they're not going to win gold. Um, I think they play Iran tonight, so they they should dominate that. Um, other Olympics uh, stuff. Um, Simone Biles, she didn't do very well in her uh, in her trials. You know, she fell off the mat a couple times, but. Her score was still better than everyone else, um, so Team USA ended up getting second in the trial, so they'll they'll still compete for gold, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, Katie Ledecky lost to uh, the Australian swimmer, uh, I think, I want to say it's Titmus or Titmus. Um, yeah, but she ended up getting silver. She swam her second best time in her career and lost to uh, the, the 20-year-old Australian, so um, yeah, it's been, been fun Olympics. I think... China's third, the U.S. is second, and then I want to say uh, Japan is first, I think. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of events still left to go. You know, there's still a lot of COVID cases and increasing cases by the day at the Olympics. Uh, Tokyo apparently lied about the, the weather. I don't know how they could do that because someone could just easily look up Tokyo weather for the Olympics week, you know and uh it's like really hot there right now and then apparently there's gonna be like a just a crazy storm coming soon like next week um and then (laughs) this was like the first day like at the softball stadium there was a bear on the loose and they like didn't find it so I, I, i haven't heard an update on that like did someone find the bear or did the bear maul someone um and then i think there was like i think this was in the where for like the rowing event there was some type of fish in the water that was like, I don't know, like some dangerous fish. I forgot. I'd, I would need to look that one up. Um, but there was all kinds of issues like already from like the first couple of days at the Olympics. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, they didn't end up getting canceled, obviously. You know, that was like the talk until the last day. The creative director, though, for the opening ceremony got fired uh, because apparently 25 years ago, he did a stand-up routine, and he made a, a Holocaust joke, and then they fired him for that last week for something that he said 25 years ago while he was on stage. Now, I have a problem with that because if you're on stage, you're trying to you know kind of cater to the crowd, and you're going to make jokes, and it's a different time 25 years ago. You know, People are going to laugh at a Holocaust joke, and... It's just, he didn't say it like at work where he's, you know, making fun of it or something. He was on stage trying to perform and make people laugh. Like, I don't know, Some sometimes a joke just doesn't stick. Um, I don't think, like maybe if that happened like last month and then they saw a video and like, oh, we're going to have to fire you. You just said this last month and, you know, we're against that. But the fact that he said it 25 years ago and someone dug it up and then his manager just imagine that conversation. His manager, his boss brought him in like, hey, I don't know what his name is, but hey, man, um, we just received a video uh, from you 25 years ago. Is this you? You know, you look a lot younger here. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to do stand-up or whatever. Like, well, this is what you said. You know, we're going to have to let you go. We're going to have to fire you. Like, are you serious? You're going to fire me for something I said 25 years ago? Okay. 
Like, who's who's the real winner there? Like, are people like, oh, man, we got him. We got that fucker. He said this 25 years ago on stage, and I, it's just been bugging me ever since. And we finally got him to lose his job. Now he's not going to be able to find a job because something he said 25 years ago. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm just, I completely disagree with that. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers briefly at the end of my last podcast that they offered him a, a two-year, I think it was $50 million contract, and he uh, declined it. Now, him and uh, Devontae Adams, they both posted the same story to their Instagram. It was a picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pimpin from The Last Dance, basically saying, hey, this is the last year that we're going to play together. Um, but whenever you put uh jordan and pippen and and you're not them and you post that picture you're basically comparing yourself to them just want i just hope aaron Rodgers and uh, Devonte adams understand that they are actually Devonte adams doesn't have a super bowl he wasn't part of that super bowl team in 2010 aaron Rodgers has one super bowl they have yet to make a super bowl again since then Devonte adams hasn't even passed uh gone past the conference championship game so you know, let's use another picture, just, you know, or just put a, put the words, oh, you know what, last year together. Just put that. Don't don't post a picture of Jordan and, and Pimpin. Like, come on. They were they won a lot, and it was already known that they were going to go separate ways because management wanted to go separate ways and ownership wanted to go separate ways. The Packers don't want to go separate ways with Aaron Rodgers, you know. They've made it clear that they're going to want to get rid of him or Devontae Adams. Uh, but now... Uh, there was a report that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are nearing a deal, and a historic deal that's going to pay him uh, this year, and then and then he's going to leave after next year. And uh, so is Devontae Adams, apparently. So this is going to be their last uh, run together, and then they'll they'll go to other teams. I don't know who's going to want Aaron Rodgers after this, because correct me if I'm wrong, I guess I think he'll be 39, maybe 40. No, I think he'll be 38. I don't think he's that old. Um, but, I mean, where is he going to go? You know, the Raiders have already said that they're going to they're gonna stick with Derek Carr. Um, that might be a spot for Devontae Adams. Uh, Rodgers could go to Chicago and piss off the Packers forever, but they just got fields. He could go to the Vikings, really piss them off. But then, you know, that'd be kind of – you'd kind of be repeating what Brett Favre did, and then people just, you know, kind of make funny for that. Um I mean, there's not a lot of spots for him to go to, especially because all these young quarterbacks that are that just got drafted and you know have promising uh, futures already in the NFL. I mean, he could go to Miami, um, you know. But that I guess that brings me to my next point because Deshaun Watson might go to Miami. You know, I don't think Tua's the guy there. Um, you know, he they were a playoff team, but they had to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick as a closer, but now Ryan Fitzpatrick is in uh, Washington. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what they would, they would do there. You know, obviously the dolphins have a package that they can, that they can put together for Deshaun Watson. And if you're the dolphins, you have a young team, you know, they're good. You know, they have good defense. They got some weapons on offense. You know, they were, they won 10 games, but they didn't make the playoffs. You know, they needed to win that last game, but Tua wasn't able to deliver. So you have the roster there, you know, and you just need a quarterback to take you over the top. Aaron Rodgers is advanced in age, but, you know, if you have two, three-year window, you can probably compete for a Super Bowl with Rodgers. But 
after that, you don't have any long-term protection right there. So if you get Deshaun Watson, what is he, 26? You have you have 10, 10 to 12 years right there, depending on if he, if he can stay healthy. Uh, but with all these pending accusations and, um, you know, from these 20-plus women, who knows what's going on there. Um, but he did report to camp, uh, Deshaun Watson did, and uh, he re- reiterated, sorry, that he does want to be traded still. You know, he showed up because, you know, if he didn't show up, he would have been fined $50,000 every day. Um, so, yeah, he made it clear he still wants to be traded. And, you know, of course, you know, a few more allegations came up, but we haven't really heard any update if they're going to court or or what's going on with that, really. Um, but as far as the Texans go, they said that they will start looking at or start listening to trade offers uh, for Deshaun Watson. So the Texans are saying, well, they leaked through sources that it's a combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players. Uh, that's what it'll take for Deshaun Watson to get traded. So I guess we'll see. You know, he's still, there's still the the pending lawsuits and I guess his trade value, it doesn't appear to have gone down that much, I guess because the NFL doesn't care about that stuff and Maybe they want to validate um, a lot of that. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's a wait and see. I do think he'll be traded before uh, the first game of the season, mainly because you can't keep you can't keep a guy there who one doesn't want to be there, two has all these pending lawsuits on him. It's just a bad look for Houston. They have all these different eyesores for the organizations and haven't really been put in, in, a, in a good position to succeed. I think you just got to cut bait here, get your draft picks, um, you know, build for the future, and uh, just see what you can get. You know, you see what your return is and just build. You know, you've already you fired your coach. You're, you're getting new uh, GM. Just starting fresh. Just clean slate. You can find another quarterback. You probably won't be Deshaun Watson, but just – I mean, cup bait. If the guy doesn't want to be there, the guy doesn't want to be there. Uh, another note on Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, he wants uh, $99 million guaranteed over the next two years. Um, I don't know how that's going to work since he wants to just play uh, for another year. Um, and then another news. Uh, Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, they changed, changed their name after a, a, a long fight by Native American groups. You know, they fought about, you know, the Washington Redskins, which are now the Washington football team. Uh, the Guardians, I guess, you know, on the I, – I thought the name was just kind of, okay, like whatever. It was between that and, like, Spiders and uh, something else. All the names were kind of bad. But the Guardians, I guess there's, like, a bridge right before you get to the stadium, and they have little – they have little Guardians, like, on the, on the pillars. Um, so that's where the name derived from. Um, and I guess it used to be a, a team name, like in the early, like late 1800s or something. But I don't know, whatever. I guess changes change, and uh, if it's for to get have less people offended, a whole group of people offended, then that's. I mean, that's I'm all for it. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, the Washington football team, like I thought that was that was egregious for a long time. You know that redskin is like a that's a derogatory term, um, and. People were just like fighting against it for no reason. It's like if there's a group of people that are offended by something, like just I mean, it, 
does it's not a big deal to change it, you know. Um, especially if the logo is is a Native American, you know, you're just like I don't know, like Chief Oahu, he had his he had red face. It was like an old caricature that was obviously racist. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I think that's set for next season to to be fully changed, and. Big news with uh, conference realignment. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners and uh, the Texas Longhorns have announced that they plan to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC starting in 2025. But, you know, they'll probably try to get there sooner because uh, their deal ends in 2025. So that's when they'll they'll leave. And apparently this has been in talks behind closed doors, you know, back channels for like six to ten months, and in the meetings with SEC uh, personnel, Texas A&M was not part of these conversations at all. Um, so now the SEC they add two great teams. You know, uh, not you know like football wise, Oklahoma is better. Texas has a whole like TV deal. They had their own. They had their Longhorn Network in Texas. They have you know strong deep roots in the state of texas recruiting wise oklahoma does too you know they own the central time zone right there um you know they they're bigger markets than what texas a&m and missouri have has offered uh the sec um you know the the booster group too for for texas is is huge both these universities make a lot of money you know and they're going to make more money with the sec uh they're going to be able to get a bigger uh, more costly TV deal, probably from ESPN. Um, you know, you have Fox in there too. Like, this is just, this is crazy. Like, I, I feel like in the next five to seven years, you know, because they also, the college football committee, the playoff committee, they expanded the playoffs. I don't think I even talked about this. They expanded the playoffs from four to 12 teams, which is huge. Um, you know, because I think, with this and then the NIL, the name and likeness, players players are basically getting paid and it's legal now. You know, people like, oh, here you go. Here's money for this. You know, they could just, instead of paying people in a brown paper bag or, or getting their parents a car or, you know, buying their parents a house, they could just pay these kids like, you know, like they're supposed to for doing something random. And it's legal now and no one's asking questions. So with that, the NCAA basically has no power. So I'll finish my thought here with the five to seven years. I feel like... The SEC, they're getting so big and powerful that eventually, I feel like they're just gonna, they're just gonna go after big universities. Apparently, they already reached out to Michigan and Ohio State, and I don't know what their future plan is. But uh, the commissioner Greg Sankey is more powerful than what's his name, uh, Mark Emeritt, um from the NCAA office, and I, I. It seems to me like the SEC is planning to break off of the NCAA and then have like their own like sports super league, mainly ar around college football, and they're gonna kind of just like build it into like an NFL style college football season because they have so many teams now, and they're gonna they're basically gonna be like their own like super league down there, and each. Each division, you're going to have, like, divisions because you're going to have, there's 16 teams right now. So you'll have, like, four teams in a division. They have to play certain teams each um, each season. And then, like, 
the the winner of that division goes to like a, a postseason round, and then you know you have the the college football playoff with the twelve teams. But if you get enough teams down there, like if they if they add Ohio State and Michigan, that would just be crazy. But I don't see those those universities leaving the Big Ten because the the Big Ten they make a lot of money too. You know, not as much as the SEC probably, and not not as much now because you know SEC's out in Texas and in Oklahoma, but. Big Ten is printing money. I can assure you that. They're printing money. Um, so the other conferences have to – they need to all get on a conference call together and figure out what they can do to bolster their standing in college sports. You know, because SEC, they have football, and people are just – love football down there. And, you know, they are getting better in basketball. Um, but, you know, Texas flirted with the Pac-12. Ten years ago, when we had the last conference realignment, we had uh, Utah and Colorado uh, join the Pac-12. But we were supposed to get, I want to say we were supposed to get Oklahoma and Texas. I know Texas was there for sure. And I was looking forward to like the Texas-USC matchups. Um, and Texas had originally wanted to go to the Pac-12 because they felt like their education school-wise had, had matched up or matches up with Stanford, Berkeley, UCLA, Washington, you know, and and it does because you know um, University of Texas is great university um, education wise, and you know their sports have fallen off too. You know they haven't been really competitive, but they have a lot of money and a lot of uh, good recruiting there. So if they do turn it around, that'll be great for the SEC. Um, but if I'm the if I'm the Pac-12, um, or if I'm the Big Ten, any of these other conferences. You just need to pluck whatever is left from the Big 12. You know, they had 10 teams. Now they have eight eight schools left. And the ACC is probably going to take West Virginia because geographic reasons. But if I'm the Pac-12, I would reach out to TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. I want all the Texas teams there remaining because you can get – that central time zone, and the biggest issue with Pac-12 football and sports and stuff is the start time. They start really late, so if you're trying to get a recruit on the East Coast, like, forget about it. They're already asleep. It's 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. They're not watching. Central time, it's already late. They're doing something else Saturday night. Like, you're not. You're just not going to get those recruits. You're not going to get that visibility. You're pretty much only going to get the West Coast kids. So if you get the Texas, uh, the Texas schools that aren't UT – um, you could even get Oklahoma State. Then you have two OSUs, and you know that's an instant rivalry. Whenever we play each other, we're like, oh, who's a real OSU? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, same colors and everything. But if you get TCU, Baylor, Baylor would be good for basketball and football. That'd be great. Texas Tech, uh, they're you know they've had their moments in football, but they've been good recently in basketball. You know, they just went to the championship game or Final Four recently. Um, and then you can also add Oklahoma State, and then I would, I would uh, have Kansas join as well for the basketball. Um, so then there you go. You have you have four new schools right there, or that's five schools. Okay, so take out Oklahoma State. I would add Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU. TCU, one of the schools, one of the universities in Texas that has more. California residents than it does Texas residents going to the university. A lot of people I met when I was in college that were from TCU, 
I'm like, oh, you go to TCU, let's go, what part of Texas are you from? Oh, no, man, I'm from Northern California. Oh, I'm from L.A. It's like, what What made you decide on TCU? So there's already, like, uh, a relationship there, California and Texas. So I feel like they could help a lot with recruiting. Um, and, you know, they haven't been where they need to be football-wise or, or really basketball-wise or anything, but um, – the recruiting aspect for that and the relationship with California, I think that can, that can kind of help things out. Um, so then you'd have the pack 16 right there. And I think that'd be helpful. You know, you'd have not just one Texas team to rely on. You'd have three schools there in the state of Texas that aren't, uh, Texas A&M and, and, uh, the Longhorns. Cause you could still get recruit, good recruits there. You know, one and two probably go, uh, Longhorns and A&M, but, you know, Baylor, they have good recruits. They've been great in basketball recently, and they've had great seasons in football. Um, so I think that's what the Pac-12 needs to do. Uh, you know, the new commissioner has said that, you know, he likes his schools that he has, and he feels like it's an elite way, or elite group of schools, and doesn't want to add to it, but he's not stupid. You know, he's not a stupid guy. He's a smart guy. You know, I think he's just trying to say all the right things. But then he said, oh, we'd be stupid not to listen to anyone's calls. So apparently, you know, Baylor and I think TCU and Texas Tech have already been contacting the Pac-12. Um, so this would just add to to the allure of the Pac-12. You know, they need to do something to bolster their credibility. You know, Big 12 has had some issues. Or they went to the Big 10. They went down to the Big 10. Now they're the fucking Big 8. And, you know, they have they have some schools that they can add. They can add, like, an SMU, like a Memphis, or a uh, – who else is out there? Like a University of Houston. But then you have the competitiveness from the other Texas schools, and I don't know if they're going to want Houston there as well. Um, you can add a Rice. You know, you could add, like, some of these smaller schools, but I don't think that – helps with the revenue like they're not going to make as much money it's probably going to be worse off if they if they add those schools um so i think th or if they add some schools from the big 10 you know but i don't think they're going to do that because the big 10 is is where it's at and they make they make a lot of money um big 10 might try to add kansas you know the basketball side of things um but yeah it's uh it's interesting i think there's uh this isn't the last of it of the realignment with texas and oklahoma because I think all these other conferences, they have to find a way to, to respond to this. They can't just sit by and be like, okay, well, the SEC is, more, is stronger now, and they, they're going to get more revenue, and their uh, TV deals are going to be bigger than ours, and uh, they're just doing everything right. And um, I think the Pac-12 specifically needs to do something, and they need to do something big, and they need to do something quickly, I think. I think they need to, they need to respond, um, you know, add – you know, they could add all the, the remaining schools in the in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or now eight. And they could just be like this super like Pac-20 uh, conference there and just have 20 schools in their conference and just fuck it. We're going big. We're going 10, 10 in each or, or in two divisions or you could go five in each or whatever you want to do. West Virginia doesn't make a lot of sense because they're all the way in the East, so they might just be in the ACC. Uh, but there's some other universities that you know can also get added to a conference because of because of this realignment. 
Uh, Notre Dame is that big fish out there that a lot of people have been trying to pull in. You know, they're part of the ACC with basketball, and they get money from that, so they might try to stay independent. But if the Pac-12 can somehow, or even the Big Ten, if they can somehow pull in Notre Dame, that would that would match uh, a Texas uh, that's bigger than Oklahoma. They have a, a strong alumni base and strong. Uh, national branding they make a lot of money too same thing with byu byu they flirted with uh with the pac-12 in the past um so they can be added you know they already have utah um you know for the northwest you can add uh, boise state um you know they kind of fallen off their national brand has kind of fallen off after uh like the kellen moore uh teams and when they beat oklahoma in the uh was that the Citrus Bowl? I remember when they did the Statue of Liberty behind the back. They beat that team with uh, Adrian Peterson. So you could do that. You could add a Fresno, but those those teams don't they don't really move the needle for you. Um, so that's why I think they need to pluck the teams from the from the Big Twelve because I that Big Twelve it feels like they just they can't move forward with just eight schools. They'll probably do it for the rest of the season or for this upcoming school year, uh, but after that, like some some drastic changes will be made and it seems like these all these super leagues will be created like not even regionally you'll have people all over schools all over the place like oh i'm in the sec but i'm in i'm in fucking montana or something you know um and they're just gonna have these power power conferences that don't really have to abide by any rules in the ncaa because now you could just pay players you can't pay them as recruits though you could only pay them as um once they sign on and then they can start making money Another update on Trevor Bauer. Uh, this was a report yesterday that uh, his teammates, the Dodgers, don't want Bauer back with the team under any circumstances. You know, and uh, a lot of actually none of the players have come out and publicly support him, or none of them have even talked about him at all. Um, so I don't know what's going to come of this. Like if his his uh, his administrative leave or his suspension, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that ends on Tuesday, tomorrow, um, against the Giants. And honestly, I don't think he's going to get reinstated. Uh, we still haven't heard anything else besides that. Um, he did sign a fat contract in the offseason uh, with the Dodgers. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, other guys on the trade block. Apparently the Nationals' Max Scherzer is on the trade block, and the Mets are interested. Uh, the Cubs might blow it up. Uh, Chris Bryant might be dealt. He is. He's very likely to be traded. Um, who else? Um, some some big moves, and I think a lot of stuff's going to happen in the National League West because uh, you have the Giants there in first place. Uh, Dodgers are behind by one or two games, and then Padres in third place. So, pretty much best teams right there in the National League West. And uh, you know, one of them's going to make a move, and the other one's going to make another one to just combat that other move that the other team made. Um, so that's going to get really competitive there. Um, and then uh, another trade news with the NBA. Uh, apparently, Bradley Beal is going to request a trade before Thursday's NBA draft. This came about, I want to say, four hours after a report came out about the Warriors star players um, asking management to trade. I think they have this, what is it, the 7th and the 14th pick in in the draft. Uh, apparently, Draymond, uh, Curry, and... Uh, and Clay Thompson, they have gone to management and have requested 
that they trade the seventh and 14th pick or the two picks that they have in Thursday's draft um, and get a veteran starting all-star caliber player. And they, they said that they want Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. And then like four hours later, I swear a report came out that Bradley Beal, uh, he does. He didn't like the coaching hire that they made, and he wanted uh, his preference Sam Cassell. He was mad that Sam Cassell didn't get a second interview, and then now he's expected to request a trade, fully request a trade uh, before the draft. And so I bet that uh, Bradley Beal was like on his phone, and he saw a report that the Warriors wanted this. Uh, the Warriors stars they wanted a trade for Bradley Beal, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I could go play for the Warriors." Let me go. Let me go put this report out. You know, so um, it's probably going to take those two first round picks, and then maybe a Wiggins and probably a Wiseman. But honestly, if I'm the Warriors, I, I don't want to trade Wiseman. He has he has a bright future, and he just needs to be developed. He's still really raw. Um, but you know, if you're if you're right there though with the Warriors, you only have a certain amount of time. So you're trying to balance the future and then the the small amount of time you have with your starters. Um, you know, Thompson coming off of two, you know, injury plagued seasons and, and Curry's 33 now and Draymond, we don't know how much he has with, um, you know, being at his, his peak level. It's probably more on the downside. Um, but if I'm the Warriors, I think I would do it uh, without the Wiseman piece in, into it. Um, and I think the, War, the Wizards would probably do it, you know, because they – because also they might end up trading Russell Westbrook. I don't know how the Lakers are going to figure that out, but apparently they want they want Russ. Um, you know, they only had one season with those two guys, and um, you know, barely made it in the playoffs. Um, but I, this whole time, I thought Beal, like I don't know what he was trying to prove. Like what what is he trying to prove with this fake loyalty to DC? Like you don't have you don't have to have any loyalty to DC. You know, they haven't done anything to improve your career you know he's he's become a better scorer and stuff but i think that's pretty much it so i expect the warriors to trade their uh, their first two draft picks for thursday's draft i don't know if it's gonna be for beal uh but there seems to be a lot of uh a lot of trade talk there's gonna be a bunch of trades during the draft i think and before the draft um i would do draft war but i don't I didn't pay too much attention to the college season until it was like the tournament time. So I've only seen a lot of these top guys in in key moments, like maybe a few games here or there, but I didn't watch them that much. Um, so whatever I say, I don't, I don't think it it would mean that much because they'd probably be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I do expect uh, a lot of big moves, and, and we'll see on, on Thursday. Uh, a lot of sports stuff this week. Um, and uh, a show I've been wanting uh, to talk about, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but um, I'm three episodes in now. I think there's only been three episodes out. But it's a mini series on HBO called The White Lotus. And it's, uh, you know, it's like rich white people just having a bad time in a nice place, like uh, Big Little Lies kind of, you know. Um, so the first episode, it's not really a spoiler because I don't know who it is, and it happened in like the first five minutes. So if you watch the first five minutes of the first episode, you'll know this too but somebody died um they show a dead body going to the plane and then it goes backwards it says oh a week later so it's like the build-up into like who died and you know you're trying to piece together clues and stuff and like oh well this 
this family is kind of going downhill and oh, this relationship is done and you know they got their eye on these people whatever um so there's a lot of uh familiar faces in this uh steve zahn is in it uh connie Britton, um and then jennifer coolidge alexandra daddario jake lacy uh sydney sweeney from euphoria is in it uh but yeah it's a lot of people uh that you know you recognize and the casting i feel like it was very well done um and you know like jake lacy is such an asshole he's married to alexandra daddario in this and his character is such a douche and uh she's just questioning her their whole marriage and stuff but um yeah it's it's definitely juicy and there's a lot of build up like I'm, I'm waiting to see when when something big happens um but yeah, it's uh, Steve Zahn's character. I think is my favorite so far. It's just it's hilarious because he has like he just gets a lot of a lot of bad news during the entire time that they're there so far, and he's having like kind of a, a crisis, and he's trying to communicate with his son, and he's like at one point he's like, you know, I think I'm just gonna come, you know, I think I should just be full on honest with you. I feel like that's the best that's the best way for our, for our relationship to proceed. Like he's just still trying to figure out how to be a dad to his son and like how their relationship should be. But, uh, it, it's pretty funny. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. Um, thanks for listening for this episode and yeah, a lot of uh, Olympics to watch. Um, I've been on the, uh, the NBC stuff and it's hard to keep track of everything, but, uh, I love the Olympics. Uh, I'm glad they were able to resume and play this season or this year after, after the, uh, the delay last year. And yeah, I'll be back, uh, next week. So talk then.